You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to our radio program today. This business talk show airs live on Thursdays at 3 p.m., heard exclusively here on octalkradio.net. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Commerce National Bank, Succession Strategies, Smart Business Magazine, and Smart Stop Self Storage. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better business decisions. Critical Mass Coast to Coast is a production of Renaissance Executive Forums and Critical Mass for Business. Renaissance Executive Forums brings together the top executives from non-competing companies into an advisory board process through which thousands of leaders gain fresh ideas and new insights. We have two interesting guests today, ladies and gentlemen, so stay tuned. We'll be right back with our first guest, but first, here are some words from our commercial sponsors. I got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With Smart Stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smarter way to store. Smart Stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart Stop, the smarter way to store. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Com. Welcome back to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi. As I said before the break, we have two guests. Our first guest is Magali Chicano. Magali, welcome to the radio program. Thank you. Can we start by, I know you're the CEO and founder of, tell me how you pronounce your company. Is it S-Web Development or do you... Uh, Sweb. Is it Sweb? Sweb Development. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So tell me about your background and your firm. Um. Actually, our firm is a uh, digital agency. We develop mobile, web, and social uh, strategies and um, any type of development, web development, mobile app development needed. So that's what we do. And in terms of my background, I actually come from the advertising marketing world and started the business about four and a half years ago. So um, have been going strong since then. All right, I got to stop you right there because I started my business about five and a half years ago, so I kind of know what it's like to have started a business in the last five years or less. 
Tell me about your decision to open a new business during what was a recession. Well, I, um, you know, actually I quit my job right before, um, like, the recession kind of hit us in the face in September of 2008. So, um, you know, I think I had sort of already made my decision and opened up my door in July of 2008, and September is when it all kind of came tumbling down. So I, I couldn't go back after that. Oh, I know. <laughs> Keep talking, <laughs> because some of the greatest companies started during these recessions. So you and I are in good company, Magali. Yeah. But it's also where I think best ideas come, right? Because obviously we weren't going to get any business from traditional measures. So we had to be quite creative and, and came up, I think, with some pretty good um, ideas to get the business started. I believe if you can be successful in a time of uh, lower demand and you can run an efficient organization um, profitably, as things begin to get easier, as I sense the economy is picking up, hopefully in your area it is as well, it seems to be across the nation, that maybe we'll get a benefit of still working as hard as we had to just to build our business to where it is, but things will get a little easier for us as far as customers' acceptance and growth. Yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, definitely what we're seeing um, happen. And, you know, we've been really fortunate to sort of see constant growth every year. And, um, you know, this year has been also just as exceptional and, and kind of going right in the right direction and, and, it seems like it's really opening up. So I am hoping that that is, that is true. So uh, you were in the advertising industry, but I also understand you're a former singer. Uh, yeah, I was in a, a band for about four years, and that's what I did uh, to get myself through college. So um, I'm originally from Spain and moved here when I was 21, actually, to finish college. And uh, just sort of out of boredom and, and finding a way to sort of make ends meet, we formed a band, and that's what we did. And what type of music? Uh, we were singer-songwriters, just, just very acoustic, too. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you're coming to us through our relationship with Peter Broiler in the San Antonio area, Magali. So how did you select San Antonio Coming from Spain to the United States, it's such a big country. How did you pick that area of our country? Well, I think like everybody, right, coming from a foreign country, the easiest thing is to go wherever a friend is. So my friend, who was from Madrid also, her mother was from San Antonio. So uh, she had spent all of her summers here. And, uh, you know, she's like, look, I'm moving. Why don't we transfer and, and let's then head to Austin? And I was like, that sounds great. Like, yeah, I wasn't really sure where San Antonio was. <laughs> um, at the time, I just thought, like, it would be great to go with a friend. So that's how I selected it, really. I appreciate your candor. I uh, ended up in California. I originally grew up in Pennsylvania, and I came out here for a vacation. It happened to be the winter, which means it's cold and snowy in Pennsylvania and warm and sunny in California. And at the age of 21, I decided, I think I'd rather stay here than go home. And I stayed here ever since. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you know, and then you get used to it, and then we left, you know, for about five years and then decided to come back and, and really make it home. So I understand that your web development and app development, you do work for advertising agencies and Fortune 500 companies. I'm curious how such a young 
uh, organization firm such as yours are able to secure companies that are as the size of Fortune 500 companies. Can you share with us a bit of your experience to help the other entrepreneurs and business owners who will be listening to your interview? Sure. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it has been really gaming. I mean, the first two years we spent truly just accumulating great projects to work on um, on a very slim budget purposefully to really gain our portfolio. We were very conscious of the time that we were in. We were very conscious um, with the competition that we had. But we also knew that we were, you know, 10 steps ahead um, because, you know, not everybody can hire the, the big guns, you know, but everybody needs or was going to need anyway, you know, mobile a mobile presence. So we were kind of in a perfect space. Um, we spent the first two years really acquiring smaller companies, but very, um, very uh, innovative companies that we could do a lot with. So we gained a ton of experience and a wonderful portfolio set. And that's when we actually started being reached out, uh, you know, agencies, advertising agencies sort of nationwide started reaching out to us because, you know, advertising agencies really don't have development arms, right, so digital development arms. And very much like how they produce their TV commercials and radio commercials outside, um, that's when they started realizing, my gosh, well, now I have to have sort of, if you will, a production company that develops for digital. And uh, it was just sort of very clear that we got in and we did very good work. And then sort of from there, it was, you know, rec- we were recommended by other agencies because the, the market is small, right? Um, there's, there's, it's really small in terms of who knows each other and people move around so much that at the end of the day, you end up knowing a lot of people. And, and uh, we were lucky enough to, to really do great work with great agencies and just getting more work and, and that's how we sort of started working with much larger companies, Fortune 500 companies that contacted us directly as well. And, and that's really how it happened. So take me back to, because I didn't get a chance to, I kind of forgot. I, you, you've got to explain to me the uh, genesis for how you've come up with your name. Well, our name is um, Social Web, Sweb. And... Um, the truth is that I we started off as a web development company, and at the time, all like you know, Facebook and all the social sites were very um, happening. You know, really, mobile applications didn't even exist by the time I you know started my company. Just started. You know, Apple was the only one that had apps, but really built by them, so they hadn't even opened up the SDK for others to develop on. So, um, Sweb really came from sort of the, the, the recognition that social was going to be very important as well as web and sort of the, the cross between those two. Thank you. I need your personal and professional experience to help our listeners. Now, keep in mind that our listening audience, the demographics tend to be business owners of small and mid-sized companies who are listening to learn from the experiences of their peers across the country. And, you know, working with both size businesses here in Orange County, they are challenged just to keep their website and their blog and now figure out which level of social media to bring on and keep it current and communicate with their customers. How do they look at, or how should they look at mobile applications serving their needs when 
Many of them are B2B, okay, not always, but many of them are B2B. Can you give them some advice from your perspective working with your clients on the advantages of considering moving to a mobile platform in addition to everything I said up to this point? Um, I think, you know, there's definitely analysis to be to be made as to what type of company you are. Um, today we cannot ignore the, um, the amount of usage of mobile and, you know, the sales of the, the, the phones themselves, right? But also what's interesting is um, mobile usage and search within mobile, um, which is just growing um, tremendously. So you can't ignore that, whether you're B2B or, you know, you're B2C. It, it doesn't matter. Um, and, but what I think what needs to be really defined, excuse me, what, what really needs to be defined is what exactly within the mobile space do you need? Do you need a native application? Is that what really makes sense for your business? Or do you just need a mobile site? So um, depending on who you are and what you do and what makes sense to you, maybe just a, a mobile view of your website works. Um, or really you feel like a native application is going to really boost sales and give sort of, you know, that person the ability to be able to go um, and connect with you um, constantly, right? Can you explain the difference between the two? So... A native application is really software development, to put it, um, I guess, simply, and it lives on the iTunes store um, in Apple or Google Play uh, for the Android uh, operating systems. And basically, you just download your app, so it's, it, it's, um, it really helps you use um, all of the native functionalities of the phone. Obviously, it's much smoother, much more interactive, but it also has to be a lot more functional. It's not just a marketing ploy, right? Or it's just not, uh, you know, you're not just a restaurant putting your menu up. Like, your apps need to do more than that. Um, they need to, like, control a system that you might be, um, you know, that you might have, like control your air conditioning, or it might, you know, that kind of stuff. A web application is really just a mobile-optimized website. So it's your website, it's whoever's developing it, ask them for a mobile-optimized option, and it's just the view of your website on mobile. Would you say that is almost a must-to-have for um, mid-market companies to, to at least have a mobile-optimized version based on what you're seeing from how users are accessing websites today? 100%. I mean, that's the least that somebody needs to be able to access your site by mobile because that's where people are searching now. And one of the interesting things is um, people's purchasing uh, sort of moment of purchase. Like let's say that you're a, an e-commerce or you can buy things online on your website. People will buy much quicker on mobile than they will um, online. So it's really an opportunity to be able to sort of say, okay, well, this is my moment to purchase. I'm going to have them on there. You know, there you go. And that's what a lot of people are finding is that um, when you have a mobile view of, of your website, you're actually making a ton more interactions than, than you are on a desktop. Do they know why people are more apt to buy when they're viewing on mobile versus on a, on a desktop or a laptop? I, I don't know actually why, but research shows that that's what's, what's trending, really. 
Um, I think it also has a lot to do with just mobility, right? So it's like you're right there, you're you're in the heat of the moment, you're like at your work and you don't have access to whatever, or you're on the train or you're wherever you are and you can just buy something versus having to wait to go home. And a lot of times at work you can't access the Internet and so you forget, right? Um, it so- it sounds like a virtual version of when you go to a store, either an end cap special or the last things you see on the stroll up to the cash register. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. they place those things there yeah. purposely oh, yeah, for like, people oh, to buy. Like chocolate. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. All the things we don't need to buy. Well, I'm not saying we don't need to buy other products, but I'm just saying it. We're highly influenced. Oh, completely. And the easier it is to do it, the better it is, right? Because you have to think that your mobile optimized site is going to take you. It's not going to have necessarily all of the information that your website might have, but will it, what it will have are the things that you want people to react to, either buy or call or you know whatever it is that call to action is what's going to be most present on your site because, you know, obviously your, your real estate is so much smaller. It needs to be a lot more present. You're listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. Our guest right now is Magali Chicano. She is the founder of Sweb Development, and we're talking about the use of mobile-enabled websites. And I, I guess I have a, a question as it relates to that. Who decides what information needs to go from the full version to the mobile version of the website. Whose responsibility to figure that out is it, Magali? Well, I think really it's your web company should be suggesting that, right? So they're the ones that really have the expertise, although need to work alongside the company themselves because at the end of the day they know how their consumer consumes, right? But then the development company or, or you know, the, the agency itself knows where trends are going. So it's a, you know, it's a great sort of partnership to sort of decide what the end goal of the client really is, client meaning the business, and the expertise of a development team to go in and say, sure, that's the way, that's your end result, that's what we want to do, but this is how we should get there. Okay, that's a great um, that's a great answer, and it suggests the importance of picking the right partner to help you with this project. Yes, very important. It's, it's you know, we, we find that quite a lot, and, and it's, um, I think so many people, because they're bu- budget conscious, unfortunately end up losing so much more money because they don't get what they needed, it's not efficient, it's not something that's going to help them but actually hinder them. And at the end of the day, that's a lot more expensive than actually, you know, bringing it up front. So I'm on this wonderful Internet radio station that I've been on for four years now, octalkradio.net. Would that be the type of platform that would benefit from having a mobile application as well? Well, actually, um, so we have something. We have actually a, um, a product called Sweb Apps. Um, which is uh, three years ago, uh, part of our success really came from um, building this online platform where you could build your own iPhone application. At the time, it was only iPhone. Now it's iPhone, Android, and now we're actually going into HTML5. But basically what this allowed was it, was, it democratized really sort of like the, the mobile space in a sense 
allowing small businesses, nonprofits, medium-sized businesses that didn't have the tens of thousands of dollars to, to build an application, to be able to go onto this uh, site, if you will, and sort of very, very easily, no coding required, no design required, go in and build their own. With that said, in that system that we have, you don't know how many, like, churches with sermons, radio stations from all over the world actually upload um, their, their sort of previous recordings or, you know, have access to their feeds or... It's been really amazing to see sort of all the different types of companies that, that, that do this and, and that feel like mobile is a really important piece of their um, marketing in general. But, yeah, I mean, I think like a radio station like yours, imagine if you had people in their cars, you know, or, or being able to just, you know, plug in from their phones, um, from your app. You know, like NPR has a great one. So this is another small business owner that I work with who owns this radio station. He's been growing it quite nicely over four years. Always, it's a balance between features and costs. Is what you just described a very expensive proposition for a small business owner to consider? Um, well, it depends. If they use an online platform and they sort of, you know, a do-it-yourself type thing like a web app, no, it's actually very inexpensive. It's a couple hundred dollars and then a monthly fee. Um, if they want to veer away from that platform and actually optim, you know, just optimize, like um, customize, excuse me, uh, features or add things, then you're talking about something completely different. Then you're talking about customization, and then it goes into the tens of thousands. Okay, and uh, I think for a company like the radio station or even something like Critical Mass, I've always wondered about having a, a mobile app that allowed my community to get access to certain things, whether it's information or archives of my different programs. So for us, th that might be um, a couple hundred dollar with a monthly subscription type of uh, initial uh, investment is what I hear you say, Magali. Yeah. As long as you stay sort of within those parameters, which they're pretty, pretty generous, um, yeah, I mean. Okay, so I know that this radio show is for the benefit of our listening audience, not for the sole uh, benefit of its host and the radio station, so excuse me, but I think we're indicative, ladies and gentlemen, of you, and so learning for us is also learning for you. I will ask the station owner to get in touch with you, and Magali, I will get in touch with you outside of this to see how a mobile app might work for my platform as well. If someone wanted to find out more about Sweb Development, how do they find you online? Swebdevelopment.com, and they can send us an email, and we'll answer right away, or they can call us. There's a phone number there. We're super friendly. We don't bite. The time has just flown by. You, you're an interesting guest. You gave a lot of good information. I am going to strongly encourage our station owner to get in touch with you. I would like to speak with you at another point. I, I think what you're doing in helping small and mid-market companies get onto a mobile platform and more is really important because of, the, as you said, the popularity of those devices. Thanks for being a friend of the program, and welcome to the Critical Mass community. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Goodbye. Bye. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take our second commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll have our second guest, second final guest here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast, today from Southern California, where the sun is shining and it's very nice and comfortable outside. Hopefully where you are, you're warm and comfortable as well. We'll be right back after these words. The Orange County Business Journal has ranked Commerce National Bank the 26th fastest-growing public company in Orange County, and they remain a Bauer Financial five-star institution. President and CEO Mark Simmons attributes this success to how well the bank treats its customers and employees. Commerce National Bank simply delivers personal service at a higher level than its competitors, while offering technology on par with the big banks. If your organization could use a new business bank, call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they will handle the rest. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. There's something happening out there today. All across America, we're seeing encouraging signs of economic recovery. Businesses are once again thinking about new growth, and new opportunities are emerging. But it raises the question, is your company positioned to take full advantage of the economic recovery and the opportunities it presents? Maybe it's time to ask, how has the recession impacted your business model? Is your business as relevant as it once was? Should you consider entering new markets or expanding into new categories? And what do customers really value about their relationship with you? The golden thread through all these questions and the answer to each and every one of them can be found in just one place. Your brand. It's much deeper than your logo and much bigger than your advertising. Your brand is the enabler of your entire business strategy. Rikas Baird is a brand strategy firm that can help. They specialize in business branding. They've helped hundreds of companies from startups to Fortune 500 leverage their brands to drive growth. 
they can do the same for yours. It's really quite simple. Find out more, just visit brandingbusiness.com. That's www.brandingbusiness.com. And plant the seed for economic growth. Welcome back to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi. For those of you listening to us live today on octalkradio.net, I apologize for the excessive dead air during that commercial break. I can only fault my engineer for that. For those of you that are listening to the podcast, you don't have to suffer through that because the radio station does a fine job of sweetening the audio and you get the cleaner version of the show. Anyway, we're turning our attention now to our second guest, and I want to thank Ken Wax, the Renaissance Executive Forum's business partner and producer that we have in the greater Philadelphia area for bringing to our attention David Fuller, who is CEO and president of Damage Entertainment. David, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about your background and Damage Entertainment. Oh, sure. Uh, Damage, we started uh, in 1993. We started out as an independent uh, uh, record label here in the Philadelphia area. Uh, we didn't know much about promotion or branding or marketing or anything like that. So we just uh, we, we just read a couple of books and and started to pound the pavement, if you will. Um, we've then developed into or have since developed into a, a television show called Enter the Zone TV, and um, and we just recently relaunched our magazine, which is the print version of the television show called ETZ the magazine. Um, uh, so we've been around uh, almost 20 years. Like, this will be our 20th year, actually. In December of this year, it'll be our 20th year. And uh, and we feel great uh, with the progress that we've been making. Um, and we still want to keep keep moving and keep pushing it. Okay, so how did you decide to do this? What What is your background? Well, I was actually in a, um, I was actually in a band probably in late 19, maybe 88, 89, so I'm kind of telling my age. <laughs> um, and then I just decided to go solo. Um, I was actually in college at the time. I went to college in Cincinnati, Ohio. And I was actually going back to college. I said, you know what, I can do this. You know, I, I, I was really uh, focused on learning the craft of music production and, and things of that nature. So I said, well, maybe this is something I can do. And, and I just went in that direction, grabbed some books along the way, and back then, you know, it wasn't any internet back then. Uh, so a lot of the, uh, the tools and the information, you had to go to the library or go to the bookstores and grab that information is that. And seeing things have changed over the years, it's a lot more easier now than it was when I started. What okay, kind of music do that. you focus on? Do you have certain genres that you feature? Uh, we do urban-style music, be it hip-hop. We have some R&B. We have pop uh, we've been doing a little, recently we've been doing electronica, um, which now they call it electronica. Back in the day, they might have called it house music. Um, uh, so we do different styles. I've, I've also been working with a couple of rock bands here uh, here and there. So it, uh, you know, we do a little bit of everything, some jazz as well. Tell us about the changes that you've seen in the years that you've been in this industry talk about disruptive technology with digital media and digital downloads and etc that must have um, been a challenge for you or maybe it's an opportunity as well but could you give our audience of other business owners and entrepreneurs around the country kind of a sense from your experience how technology has affected your industry 
Oh, absolutely. Um, for us now, for Damage Entertainment now, it's a lot simpler uh, because the information is, is, is so in one place, so to speak. Um, as far as the changes, when I came in, like I say, we had to get books and bookstores and, and, and that sort of thing. You had to send demo tapes out. You had to call the record companies and all that, all those different kinds of things. Now, uh, with technology as it exists now, you can, you can pretty much start your own label, distribute your own music how you want to do it from one click of a button. And that has made my life much simpler in terms of getting out music between, of course, the iTunes of the world and the tune cores and the CD babies of the world. You can have worldwide distribution at a click of a button when back in, you know, late 80s, early 90s, prior to the Internet really being being what it is now, you had to really call and follow-up call and follow-up call and, that, you know, those sort of things. I've kind of created my own lane um, uh, with my TV show and with the magazine. It actually started uh, started to promote the artists that I had on my label at that time. And uh, since then I said, well, I can do this for all the other independent artists who are really that good but don't get an opportunity to be featured in magazines or on television. So that was really uh, the reason why I really started the television show and I relaunched the magazine, really to get other artists out as well as promote my own brand. I love this, David, and I, I want to follow up because I, I've seen countless examples on the four years we've been doing the program of producers of the content getting control of the distribution of the content and then getting a wider audience because it's not left to a few power brokers. And it right. seems like your industry has really been one that's benefited from technology such that the the artists can really find an audience through working with people like you, and they're not beholden to maybe trying to do it the way that the industry had been built for the previous, I don't know, 50 years or whatever, the, you know, the record industry Absolutely. was kind of how it evolved. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yes, it is. Absolutely. I'm so... Uh, uh glad that things have turned in the direction that they've turned. I've been, um, it, it's funny that you mention that, I'm, I'm actually working with an artist from California now, and we just talked the other day, I sent him tracks through the email, he sends me back his, his vocal tracks, and then from that, I'll email the guy that masters my uh, uh, material and remixes it, I'll send him that same email. So it's just an email, a forward, and another forward, and then the track is done, and they send the track back. So it, it's it, it, it's not that much movement in terms of going to the post office like we used to have uh, uh, have to do. There were times I walked in the post office with boxes of records to send them out, and and and, and folks are looking at me like, "Wow, who's this kid?" And now it's a click of a button. I I think that is so fantastic. It has definitely worked in my favor, and um and I'm willing to help anybody who's willing to help themselves. Well, in your TV show, uh, Enter the Zone TV, it's on Comcast Cable, correct? Yes, it is, yes. And, and I have to believe that technology has allowed you to produce, to have the production costs and production values of a TV show that an entrepreneur can afford to do without having to go to the, I'm not sure where you, you know, do your production, but it seems to me that it is even now not just in recording, but even in TV production, you can, with the state-of-the-art of the equipment, an entrepreneur can really produce a high-quality TV show on a budget associated with what an entrepreneur can afford. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And now that you mention it, my recording studio, 
the television studio in the area where we can shoot uh, a green screen and a white screen are all within 10 steps of where I'm standing. I'm actually no, in the studio I now, so I can walk 10 steps to the right, and I'm in front of my green screen. 10 steps forward, I'm in front of all the monitors and the cameras. 10 steps to the left, I'm at the recording booth, uh, you know, and the board and doing music. So uh, for me, it, it, it's been great. It, it's actually in the lower level of my home, so I'm actually boxed off. I, I can get up out of bed, walk right downstairs, do some music, walk right back upstairs. You understand? So it's it's so um, it's a lot easier for me to do it now than it would have been maybe ten years ago. Um, and we've been fortunate. Uh, uh, we own all the equipment. We own the cameras. We own the monitors, the green screens, the lights, and all those different things. So my overhead is really low. And we produce a high quality show. We've had we've had some signed artists on the show, and we mainly focus on the independent artists. But uh, we've been really fortunate. We have really, really been fortunate. It's a great thing. I think music. Um, you can never have an oversupply of talented musicians because people have a consumption level for good music. The challenge has always been that the pipe that connected the musician to the audience was controlled. More than it has ever, more than it is today. Today, entrepreneurs like you around the world are able to help local and national independent artists find their audience Absolutely. much more efficiently. And I think there's no uh, limit to that. It doesn't. It doesn't impede other artists' success. It creates a larger opportunity for right. everyone. You're absolutely. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And it, it, it's just going to keep building. I've been in contact with other artists from from different parts of the United States, and it's just a, a a click away. I can text them, and they can call me, say, "Hey, listen, I like this track. Could you, you know, could you take the snare out? Could you lower the hi hat? Do that. Send it right back." And we back and forth. I can do sessions with with guys in California, guys in New York, and not have to leave my house. I think that's fantastic. I think it's really great, and I'm going to continue to be on that path and uh, keep building and branding and marketing and promoting all the things we need to do to really to really help other folks too. Um, folks have helped me. I want to re reciprocate and give that blessing back if I can. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. I find uh, the, a great percentage of successful entrepreneurs are very willing to give a hand to a younger or a less experienced entrepreneur uh, they're very open to sharing what's helped them and what hasn't worked for them to yes. help other people do well. And I'm so glad to hear you say that you're in that sharing mode as well, yes, David. Indeed. Yes, indeed. That's the only way I can be. You know, my uh, my mother and father instilled that in my brother and I years and years and years ago. And this is just something I've always carried. Um, I burn the midnight oil almost every night to get new information, to pass off the information to my colleagues, to the guys that, that are coming up with me and the uh, producers and all the artists that I'm, I'm connected with. I try to pass off that information as well. And, uh, you know, so it's always a give and take. It's always a reciprocation of information and, and things like that. And it's been uh, positive. It actually has really been positive and really been informative. And I've met a lot of good people. I mean, really, really just good people, good musicians, but really better people. What? And that's I think. Am. Excuse me, but I think national shows um, like American Idol and others have demonstrated, without a doubt, 
how many talented performers there are in this country, let alone the world. Yes, and, and I love to hear of entrepreneurs like you who are giving them an outlet to make a living at their mm -hmm. passion because they have this talent. It's almost a shame that they can't share it with other people. It is a gift, and they should be allowed and find a way to make a living at it, especially mm -hmm. if they're passionate about it. And so I, again, applaud you, David, for your commitment to this industry. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Just keep building. We just keep building and keep pushing, and, and, and we're making inroads, and we want to keep doing that. And, and shows like yours present an opportunity for artists and entrepreneurs like myself to, to come on and spread the word about what they're doing. Exactly. And I, 10 years ago, I couldn't have done a radio show at this price point to reach this audience. But over four years, we've built a very loyal following of business owners and executives who are inspired by the experiences of their peers, regardless of their industry and location across the country. Right. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Yes. In the, what's the music scene like in you're in the greater Philadelphia area now. Is that describe that for? I kind of get a mental image of it, but I may be mistaken. What's going on there now? Well, it really depends on what genre you're in. The 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 Philly music scene is very um, it, it, it's 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 thriving, and it's um, like the rock scene does does very well. The jazz scene, the spoken word scene, does very well. Hip hop does pretty well. Uh, there's a lot of competition. Uh, uh, um, I mean, a lot of competition between the rappers in the city and, 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 and you know, we have a lot of battle with the bands. But it's, um, it's a healthy scene, if you will. And what I mean by healthy is it's, it's great music. You know, it's not, you know, we're not bashing one another or anything like that necessarily. We're more so, hey, let's showcase our craft and learn from other folks that, might be showcasing their craft on that particular evening or whatever uh, you know, venue we are. We have, we have a great many venues where folks have an opportunity to do that. We have a lot of open mics in the city. Almost every day of the week, there's almost seven days of the week we can almost have, um, have a different open mic at different venues in Philadelphia almost seven days a week. So, so there's always something to do musically. There's always some music to listen to. Every day, every night in Philadelphia, you just have to know where to go. And with, with, with our, our local weeklies, like the Philly Weekly and the City Paper, they actually give you a listing of where you can go and what you can do. That's interesting because uh, you're listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I'm your host, Rick Franzi, and David Fuller, who is the CEO and president of Damage Entertainment, is our guest right now. I was going to ask you how important the club scene is to working with young artists and getting an audience and a following for them. Uh, it's very important, in my opinion, um, only because the artists um, can use these open mics and these various venues to really showcase new material, build their following up throughout the city, um, then move on to, to maybe some kind of a regional tour or even a national tour. Um, or you may have a band that might do a certain venue every Tuesday night for three months, then move to another venue. And the folks that saw them at that first venue may say, hey, listen, you know, this rock band is pretty good. Let me go to this other venue that they're performing and, and support and continue to support. 
They may call a couple of friends who might come out, and so on and so forth. So it, it's it, it's very important to build your fan base, definitely in your uh, own city. Um, there are different Internet uh, radio shows, DJs, you know, who play who play the music and everything like that. So, so you have that uh, side of it as well. But the venues are definitely, definitely very important to get out to them, uh, to see who's playing, and say, um, see the venue, know where you're going to play, know what the sound is like, and then bring your fans along with you. And it only starts with one. only starts with one. You know what I mean? If, like, if I'm performing and you come to support me, the next show you may bring two other people to come. And then it starts to build like that. In the music industry today, with all the distributed availability and opportunities and entrepreneurs like you and online disc jockeys, etc., at what point can an artist realistically expect to make enough in royalties and, and income to be able to make that their primary kind of income stream, revenue? Can they dedicate themselves to their craft? I would say there are... Uh, you should definitely be, uh, you should be affiliated with the PROs, which is the performing rights organizations such as ASCAP, BMI, CSAC. There are other, other organizations that collect royalties from Internet radio play as well. Uh, you should align yourself, in my opinion, you should align yourself with those uh, uh, companies. There's a company called Sound Exchange that collects royalties like that. Pay, pay very close attention to SoundScan. Uh, and BDS, uh, broadcast data systems. When you're in a position to uh, uh, have some Internet spins. Now, the Internet spins are kind of like radio spins now. Uh, you know, so folks, there are companies that clock your Internet spins and things like that. I would say uh, hone your craft, go out. If you're fortunate enough to have a booking agent, you know, that can book some shows and say, hey, listen, uh, uh, like this venue can pay you. X amount of dollars to perform, or you may work out a deal with that particular venue, with uh, you know where they get the door, or you get paid and the club makes um, some of the money off the bar or the door, or what have you. There are very different ways that you can do that. Um, you just have to really explore what they potentially are, and mm-hmm. then kind of grab which one fits your particular style of what you of you know what you're doing. If you rock or jazz or spoken word or hip hop or R and B or whatever the case is, you can kind of you can kind of maneuver, if you will, and try to figure out where you fit in and just go on that uh, go down that path and really try to make it work for yourself. But definitely get with those online uh, folks that collect those royalties for internet play and different airplay like that, SoundScan, BDS, Nielsen. Uh, you know, Nielsen SoundScan, those companies like sure. that, definitely be uh, connected with them. Okay. I, while we were uh, having our conversation here today on Critical Mass Coast to Coast, the uh, station owner of octalkradio.net happens to be listening to our show, and he sent me a message saying that if you had some music that you would like this station, jazz, he, they, they prefer jazz songs in, in among the talk shows. We're all... Uh, this is a talk-oriented radio station, but if you were willing to send some MP3s of jazz music that the station owner would like to maybe work them into the play sets that they have here for music. So, David, if that's something you're interested oh, in, absolutely. I can certainly connect you with him. Oh, absolutely. I would, I would appreciate that. If someone wanted to learn more about Damage Records, how do they find you online? Uh, you can get with me uh, several ways. Enter the Zone TV 
at AOL.com. That's, e- e- that's E-N-T-E-R-T-H-E-Z-O-N-E-T-V at AOL.com. Uh, you can also see me on Facebook. I'm all over the net, Facebook.com backslash Indicator Music. That's Indicator spelled with a K and not a C. Indicator Music, Enter the Zone TV at Facebook, um, Twitter, Enter the Zone TV. So I'm, I'm really... I'm really pushing the end of the zone TV because that's really what, what you know, what we're doing. But but you can find me. You can just type in "enter the zone TV" one word, and I, and and you can find me. Excellent. Well, I'm going to send you an email after the show concludes with the uh, station owner's information, and I hope that Unity will be able to connect and continued success. Thanks to Ken Wax in Philadelphia for bringing to our attention, and welcome to the Critical Mass and Renaissance business community, David. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you having me on. God bless you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Continued success. You also. Thank you. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're a couple minutes past our time, but I thought both the guests delivered great content today, and I wanted to explore it as much as I can with each one of them. Thank you to the station for giving me a few extra minutes today on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. Uh, Our producer is Rachel Franzi. Our engineer today was Paul Roberts. Kelly Faltis is our marketing communications manager. Kathleen Shepard is our guest coordinator. And I am your host, Rick Franzi, saying until the next time we have a chance to speak, here's hoping that all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Coast to Coast right here on OCTalkRadio.net.